0: Hello and welcome to the Chemistry Made Simple podcast. I'm your host Matthew Macario. and this is the podcast where you get chemistry confident and get ready to achieve that grade A. Hello, welcome back. I hope you're well. In this episode we're going to be talking about covalent bonding. We'll talk about what is covalent bonding and in what situations do we see it. We'll talk about how it works. We'll talk about a few examples and to finish we'll talk about Properties, general properties of covalent compounds. So, what is covalent bonding? Well, a covalent bond is a bond that can form between two non metal atoms. In covalent bonding, the electrons are shared between those atoms, not transferred like in ionic bonding. They're shared between the two atoms. Therefore, a covalent bond is a shared pair of electrons. And that bond works by the fact that the two atoms' nuclei which are positively charged, of course, are attracted to that pair of shared electrons, which are negatively charged. So altogether, the atoms are attracted together by the means of this shared pair of electrons, this covalent bond. Why do they want to share electrons? It's to become more stable, and that usually means to obtain that full outer shell, that noble gas electron configuration. So let's think about some examples. You're probably aware that chlorine, as an element, Forms molecules with two chlorine atoms, the formula being Cl2. And you may already be aware that that's a covalent bond that's holding those together. Let's think about why that bond forms. Well, each chlorine atom has seven electrons in its outer shell, and a full outer shell would be eight electrons, so it wants one extra electron. Well, the other chlorine atom is in the same situation. They form a covalent bond where one electron from each atom is shared. And the shared electrons benefit both atoms. So a chlorine atom with seven benefits from the electron shared from the other atom. So effectively, it has eight outer shell electrons. The same with the other chlorine atom, of course. That had its own seven electrons, and including the one it's sharing in from the other chlorine atom, that gives it eight as well. So both atoms have become more stable. They've gained that full outer shell configuration by sharing electrons with each other. And of course, there are many other elemental examples we could think of. Hydrogen, for example, or oxygen, or nitrogen. But covalent bonds don't just exist within elements. In fact, there are many, many compounds that contain covalent bonds. For example, all organic compounds. In many of those compounds, we have a bond between a carbon and a hydrogen atom. So the hydrogen atom, to start with, has one electron in its outer shell. And because that's the first shell, it only wants one more to fill that outer shell. So it wants to share one electron with the carbon atom, therefore having two electrons effectively. The carbon atom has four electrons in its outer shell, but it needs four more in order to fill that outer shell, to give it that full eight. So if it makes one covalent bond with a hydrogen atom, That gives it one extra, so it still needs three more. That's why carbon makes four covalent bonds per atom, so that it can share in four electrons with other atoms. The simplest example would be where that carbon shares with three more hydrogen atoms, so it's sharing an electron with four different hydrogen atoms. So effectively, it's got its own four electrons, plus sharing in four more from the hydrogen atoms, giving it its full outer shell. And of course, each of those hydrogen atoms has got its own electron and is sharing just one with the carbon, giving the hydrogen its full outer shell as well. That example of carbon and four hydrogens is methane, CH4. These simple covalent bonds we've spoken about so far are what we call single bonds. It's where the two atoms share one electron each. It is possible to have a double covalent bond between two atoms. A good example is elemental oxygen. The normal molecular form of oxygen is O2. It has two oxygen atoms. Now let's think about the electrons in each oxygen atom. Oxygen has six electrons in its outer shell. It wants to have eight electrons in its outer shell to be most stable, to have that full outer shell configuration. And if it shares one electron with another oxygen, it will only have seven. So what happens is the two oxygen atoms share two electrons each. So our first oxygen atom has its own six electrons and is also sharing into from the other oxygen atom, giving it effectively eight electrons in its outer shell. And of course the same situation for the ox- other oxygen atom in the pair is also sharing into electrons to give it a full outer shell too. And another type of covalent bond we need to think about is something called coordinate bonding. You may also have heard this called a dative covalent bond. In this situation, two atoms are sharing electrons, but both electrons originate from one of the atoms, and the other atom isn't putting any of the electrons in. So one atom is the donor atom sharing both electrons into that bond. So an example of this is where ammonia makes a coordinate bond with a hydrogen ion. So ammonia is a neutral molecule. It has a nitrogen and three hydrogens the nitrogen atom at the centre of that molecule has a lone pair of electrons. When there is a hydrogen ion, an H plus ion in the vicinity, that lone pair of electrons on the nitrogen is of course attracted to that positive hydrogen atom, and in fact makes a covalent bond, donating both the electrons into that bond. And the result of this is we get the ammonium ions, so why we end up with NH4+. plus? It's our NH3 ammonia and an H plus bond together using this coordinate bond And that gives us the ammonium ion NH4+. There are other examples as well. It doesn't have to be an ion that's formed. It can still be a molecule. For example, one of the covalent bonds in carbon monoxide is a coordinate bond between the carbon and the oxygen with the carbon donating both the electrons into that bond. Properties of covalent compounds are quite varied. Melting points and boiling points, for example, vary tremendously. Many small covalent compounds have low melting point and low boiling point. Oxygen, chlorine, nitrogen, hydrogen and methane that we've discussed are all gaseous at room temperature. Covalent compounds with larger molecules might be liquid or solid. For example, the graphite in your pencil is a massive molecule and of course that solid you would never normally see that get anywhere near its melting point. Things like paraffin or ethanol are liquid at room temperature and pressure. So what's making a difference? Well, it's not the bonding. When oxygen evaporates at a low temperature to become oxygen gas, the covalent bond within the molecules isn't being broken. Nothing's happening to that bond. What's happening is the molecules are being separated from each other. Their intermolecular bonding is being overcome. That's something we'll talk about in another episode. But the, the important thing is when we melt or boil Organic compounds were not breaking the covalent bonds present in the compound. With the exception of when we start to talk about the macromolecular compounds, those with very massive structures like graphite, like diamond. To melt those, we are actually breaking the covalent bonding. That requires a huge amount of energy, and that's why these compounds have very high melting points. In most cases, organic compounds don't conduct electricity. I hope this episode's been useful to you. If it has, please make sure you're subscribed and please consider giving a five-star review in your favorite podcast app. Why do I ask you to do that? Well, because it really helps the podcast to be discovered by other students like you who will also end up benefiting from this. In our next episode, we'll talk about metallic bonding. I look forward to speaking to you again then. Until then, don't forget to go away and brush up on your dot and cross diagrams again. Look after yourself and goodbye.